0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Tech Bytes, the ServiceNow podcast that helps you use the ServiceNow product better with easy tips and tricks. Today we are doing something a little different, but I'm very excited about it. We have Giora Tamir and Lisa Henderson here to talk about the new security incident response application that is going to be in our Geneva release coming out soon. So this is the first time that we are talking about something in the product that is just now releasing. So you will get great information about an important new feature in our Geneva release. Uh, Giora Tamir, also known around here as G.T, is an application architect in our R&D department. He's been at service now about three and a half years. G.T is also an irrepressible traveler who's often off to world cities and national parks with his family. Hi, G.T. Good day. (laughs) Also with us is Lisa Henderson, a staff application engineer here in our R&D department. Lisa has been with ServiceNow for about three years. In Lisa's spare time, she is a fabulous gemologist. And over the years, Lisa and I have worked together for many years. Over the years, Lisa has helped many of her coworkers purchase fabulous engagement rings. And I think you're partly responsible for many accepted wedding proposals. Right, Lisa?
1: Possibly, Possibly. maybe some divorces too then.
0: Maybe. Uh, GT and Lisa are both very, very important. Uh, They've been an important part of putting together this security incident response application. So we're happy to have them here for a sneak peek at what this application can do for you. Lisa, are you going to start us off with a little description of the application?
1: So really, this is an application that is fitting into a massive gap in the security market. Um, There's mountains of tools, really cool, fascinating tools to detect when someone is trying to do something bad on your network, when someone is intruding into your machines, when you have a virus, spyware, all of this kind of stuff. And there's a ton of tools about fixing those things. There's not much of anything to track that work to monitor all of these items, make sure that they're resolved according to priority to, um, and to integrate with other departments like IT and HR and other people who may be involved with whatever's going on. Um, a lot of our customers have in fact re- created their own products for this. Our own security department did the same thing. They had to make their own product to track what's going on there. So this is a fairly natural product in a lot of ways. Um, so security incident response is all about that. If you have a security incident, this is going to follow the response through con- um, finding out what's going on, containing it, eradicating it, recovering all the machines, and it deals with um, how you talk to other departments. So if you have something that needs to go to legal, you've found one of your salespeople is running a Napster-like service on your systems. This helps you talk to track your discussions with legal, keep it part of your incidents so you know everything that's going on everything is linked back while protecting the information that security naturally does not want to go out of their systems. There's a lot of very private information in security incidents Um, So we've got very high security on these items, even the system admin can't access everything within security, Um, can't access much of anything unless he's allowed to. Um, And there's a lot of tools for integrating with other systems and then creating reports after the fact to document for anything, for some of your more major breaches. When you have something large, it just isn't within your own department. You have to make documents and reports and sit and be able to say everything that you did. Our systems help you find all of that
2: out. Talking to customers, uh, what we discovered was that many customers use a combination of spreadsheets and email to track the process of security incident response and emails get lost and spreadsheets do not provide structure. And what ServiceNow is very good at providing is process and workflow. So Security Incident Response gives you process and in ServiceNow fashion also allows you access to the CMDB and so essentially SecurityNow has access to information that in the past only IT had access to. And that makes everything much more powerful. Things like the uh, business service map, which visually shows you what's connected to what, allow you to just work better in security incidents.
0: So when you're using this application, you are you're creating a security incident, and that incident can have tasks associated with it, and those tasks can be assigned to the appropriate group. Like you said, Lisa, if you know one team discovers the security breach, then you've got to pull in possibly HR, legal, so you've got an incident around that security breach, and then you can assign out tasks to the correct people?
1: Yes. Yeah. you'll you'll And you can track when they're doing it. They can see the information in their task, but they cannot see the entire security incident. So for something sensitive, they don't need to know why you need this server updated immediately. They just know that you do need the server updated immediately, and you get to watch and see when things are being done, and have all the information. In the case of a change request, you get to see the whole, you know, the correct process for IT is handled. Um, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of power to all of this, and as GT was mentioned, the BSM lets you see how everything is interconnected, so you can tell other departments which services are going down which services are affected by this problem because you can see everything linked to the server that has the problem so when and again this
0: is a brand new product so nobody has this set up or configured yet Uh, what can customers do if they if they have this application and they want to start using it what can they do to start off right? Do you need to create groups? Do you have to assign roles to certain people? Do you need to come up with a process? So are there some best practices about getting started with this right? I
1: think um, this works like our standard um, service application, like field service management and many of our others, um, in that we will have assignment groups and we, you can set up automatic assignment if you want everything to be dished out at once. You can set up all the rules that you would like to have about which groups get which tasks.
2: I would say one of the most important things you can do to prepare to use security incident response is have a CMDB that is in good shape because almost everything relies on CMDB containing correct information. And I don't want to go all rumsfeld with the known, knowns, knowns, unknowns, unknown, knowns, and unknowns, unknowns. Mm -hmm. But your CMDB should reflect everything you know about your system. And a clean and useful CMDB helps security team immensely. Because normally they don't have access to this kind of information, but with ServiceNow, they do.
0: So having a clean, good CMDB is going to give you a good foundation because you're gonna be pulling those items in on the incidents and on the tasks and referring to them. Exactly. Do you have to set up anything tricky about setting up the assignment groups? Do certain people need certain roles? I mean, it was interesting, Lisa, that you said that, I mean, usually system administrators in service now are pretty much unquestioned gods. So it's interesting to me that now we have an application where even the system administrator doesn't have access to certain parts of it
1: yes that was uh, definitely one of the more interesting parts to set up and it was a requirement that came from us talking to a great many security teams they do not want other people to be able to see this there's information that is very sensitive it cannot be you know it cannot be seen by anyone um, outside the security team possibly even on the security team so we needed to eliminate that god role um, that is part of the setup, in fact, is there is a there is a checkbox. So there's a checkbox in Properties where you say sysadmin no longer gets to run everything. And at the start, that's off so that you can configure um, security incidents. So your sysadmin can set up the role, set up the security incident administrator. And then whenever everything is ready, you turn that checkbox and security or system admin no longer is God.
2: And speaking of block of uh, shutting out system administrator, um, I would highly recommend creating a special user with both system administration and security administration uh, rules. And when I say security administration, I mean the security administration from the security incident response application, and then putting that user on ice and storing the credentials somewhere. Because like anything else, you can if you paint yourself into a corner, you can use that user to recover.
0: So that's another good thing to set up from the very beginning, is to have someone that has both of those roles.
2: Unless you're very sure of yourself, you know, you never make mistakes, then you're good. Then you're good, then you're
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know that as you were working on this application, it also ties into some important security standards that are out there and, and regulations. Is that correct?
2: So, our process is based on the uh, National Institute of Standards and Technologies, NIST 800 61 standard, which uh, specifies the process or the uh, life cycle you're supposed to go through when dealing with a, a security incident. And Lisa already uh, enumerated the various stages.
0: And <laughs> so that is that sort of a default standard? Can can people deviate from that or customize it? Is, is that just a base to start with? Or is that really the path that should be followed?
2: This is ServiceNow. You can change whatever you want.
1: Absolutely.
2: But these are just steps you can change. Uh, Whatever you want, do whatever you want. You can add new, uh...
1: new states and new stages. You can remove some, rename them as you like. Are there levels of approval built in for any of these
0: steps or, or tasks within that have to be approved? or again is that totally customizable if people want that they can add that if they don't they don't have to
1: if they wanted they could add it there's some items that could even be turned on via property but by default we wanted to leave this open we did not want to have a system where the process is running the system they people who are using the system can choose which way it's going to work so by default there's a little you know there's a there's a flow but it's not rigid
2: Once an incident is created, uh, the initial state is analyzed. Then we go to...
1: Contain.
2: Then we go to recover.
1: Eradicate.
2: Sorry, eradicate. Recover. Recover.
1: Review is optional, so in some cases an incident can be a major item where you are going to be having to report to higher-ups. In those cases, um, it's also part of the NIST standard that you would do a post-incident review, um, talk to everyone involved, get the entire timeline. We have tools that help out with that. So that would be the review state. And the review state is optional before you go to closed when everything is complete.
2: So the intent is to let the customer match their current process. They don't have to switch to the NIST standard
0: so that if they don't have a process in place they can use the nist but if they do we're not telling them that they have to change their process to match what we have they can configure it to match what they what they want uh what kind of reporting capabilities are there around
1: the application um well there's so part of it is our standard dashboards you can do all of the usual reports about where are the problem areas? Is there a particular and some of this can be very useful at times. You can see if there's a sudden ramp up in one particular type of security incident. It might indicate that there's some new bit of malware floating through the system or something in that type of line. Um, and we have lots of performance analytics style reports, you know, some lots of that and then there's also like I said there's uh, for creating the reports after the fact that's the post incident report and that's something that they actually create we have tools to automate part of that that one's my baby which is why I keep mentioning it <laughs> I had a lot of fun <laughs> because with that.
0: there's I mean I would imagine that once a customer starts using this application there are gonna be a lot of people within the company that are gonna want different kinds of information out of this you know, executives are going to want to see a certain type of information out of this, and IT will want to see one kind, and legal might want to see another. There's there are a lot of people have a stake in in what what you're doing with this application.
2: True, but uh, this application is intended for the SOC team, for the security operations center. Um, can you extract data for legal or for executives? Probably but they're not the target audience. This is intended to help the SOC team work better.
0: And get away from spreadsheets and email. Exactly. And have a trackable way of of getting through and working through these incidents.
2: Yeah, and not to steal Lisa thunder, but <laughs> one of the nice features of the application is that almost as anything happens, we record when it happened, what happened, and who did it and all this information goes into that final review report.
0: Is the review report well and again it's is it a mandatory step or no?
2: It's not mandatory. It's not mandatory. Just like if just if you look at an incident today whenever you add work notes or you have customer interaction, right? We track what happened and when. Um, let's think of it as just that feature on steroids
0: and does it is the report more of a visual report or is it more documentation about what happened in the course of the incident? Is
1: it more charts and
0: graphs and visual or, or is it more documenting about what happened and, and what decisions
1: were made and why? It's definitely more about documenting what happened and what decisions. So I took a look at some post-incident reports that we've generated and some of the standards and basically tried to pull in every bit of information that we have that could possibly be useful in that. So the entire timeline, um, everything that's changed, all of the tasks and what happened with each of the tasks, any change requests, problems, um, whatever vulnerability, if we have a known vulnerability that we found this security incident was linked to, so all of that, as well as we have a automated way of doing a post incident review, where you collect information from multiple people um, by doing a highly configurable survey, so that they can be a- everyone can be asked were all the logs present that were needed, um, what could have been done better, and lots more detailed questions, questions that can be linked to only particular types of incidents. So. There are some questions that are only for criminal investigations, things that might have involved the police. Um, You can configure this very easily. It's nicely set up. So all of this information goes into a post-incident report, which is really where this would be the type of information that possibly legal would do. Um, It's in an HTML field, so the general idea is that we create an initial draft of this for you automatically with all the data, and then you go through and edit it, add any charts, any diagrams, anything that you have on your end that needs to be in there.
2: Talking to customers, part of what they do, uh, part of their process is, how, is the lessons learned review that follows an incident. and the post-incident report is intended as, let's say, the initial documentation used in that meeting so everybody can agree to at least what happened.
0: And again, if they're using spreadsheets and email and then a Word document for their lessons learned, then yet again, you're creating another artifact around a security breach that's not trackable and is on someone's desktop somewhere. It can't be shared easily. I want to talk a little bit about something we do on the podcast often called the underdog feature. And it's kind of a feature within an application that people don't know about or they might not find it right away. This is a brand new application, but do you think that there is a is an underdog feature in here that people might not see right away, but that's very
1: useful? I'm I'm thinking it's uh the BSM and Jose's macro. Um because it's not entirely visible. It's not, you don't immediately see it. And that's the visual way of seeing the connections. Yeah.
2: So we'll give you two, one of the, as Lisa said, the BSM map now shows you security incidents and you can actually see the number and type of security incidents associated with uh, various CIs, which can be uh, very interesting. But it also shows you, and we'll talk about it later, on the BSM map, you can also see vulnerabilities associated with CIs. And that opens, a, that's a totally different conversation. A nice new feature is the ability to send out calendar events, record phone conversations, and initiate call bridges or conference bridges directly from the security incident response form. So if you're dealing with an incident and you need more people on the call, you can initiate a bridge right there.
0: That is an important new, new feature. That's a good one. Good underdog feature.
2: Another interesting feature would be integration with Incident problem and change.
0: That's perfect, because the next thing we were going to talk about is integration with other things. <laughs> so you segued right into that. So go right ahead into uh, into talking about how the security incident response application integrates with other pieces and parts of ServiceNow and maybe with other third-party products as well.
2: I'll start with the ServiceNow integration. The security The security team is usually not part of IT. So whenever they discover something needs to be done, the only thing they can do is ask IT to do it. And the normal process is either an incident or a change request. So in the security incident response product, change, incident, and problem are built in. So you can specify CIs, you can specify what needs to be done, and the appropriate change will go. We'll go to IT.
0: Lisa, do you want to talk to us about some
1: integrations with other third-party products and this application? <laughs> well, if you're uh, talking about my favorite one, yeah. so we, uh, the whole thing about security incident response is that we have a lot of tools finding problems on one side, tools fixing problems on our side, nothing in the middle. We're providing the workflow and the engine to track all of this. So integration with third-party tools is a big piece of this. Um, We've got some good work done with Splunk and with Qualys. Um, I worked mostly with Splunk. And so that will let you, as as we have today, today we have Splunk integrating with event and incident. Um, What we've done is we've built up an improved integration with them. And it lets you do events and events that are marked for security only, and of course, security incidents. This is also a very open ended type of uh, integration, so other companies can be linking into us as well, sending in events from anywhere will work very well for security. And there's a lot of additional functionality where the event can have a lot of data attached to it can add in even information that might be for a custom field that you add into security incident. This capability is already built in where we will just send it right through to your custom field. So we we did a lot of work with integrations on this. No doubt we'll have more to do. Yeah, there'll
0: be more to come on that as well. And did you want to mention also the vulnerability response application that is also new? in Geneva and has close ties to Security Incident Response.
2: So the vulnerability response application is a uh, a way for IT departments to know what vulnerabilities are on their network. Um, the heart of vulnerability response is a way to download automatically from the National Vulnerability Database and uh, we Using the application, you can download all the uh, past and current known vulnerabilities.
0: And that's a list that's constantly being updated, correct? Every week. Constantly, yeah. Yes.
2: And if you're using software asset management, then we already know what software you have installed on your computers. We combine the information from the NVD with the information from software asset management To figure out exactly which vulnerabilities you have on each and every ci
0: and this again is going back to what you said at the beginning where if you have a clean cmdb and you have your software asset management all of those listed in there this is all going to match up nicely
2: exactly and once you know what vulnerabilities you have on your in your network you can actually prioritize the work so we have support for Tasks each, uh, we have support for tasks to deal with vulnerability. We have support for SLAs for dealing with vulnerabilities um, based on customer requests. We also have support for ignoring vulnerabilities in, well, for a period of time. And uh, essentially, the intent of the vulnerability response application is to allow you to prioritize your vulnerability res- management or vulnerability remediation.
1: So when you have a vulnerability that's on a laptop that's not even plugged into the network anymore, you don't need to worry as much about that one. That could go onto your ignore list while you deal with the vulnerabilities that are on your major servers. Um, And also this ties into security incident response and the BSM map. And we also have a little history macro by the CI that was one of my underdog things um, that will show you all the known vulnerabilities on these items. So once in a while, it could be that the vulnerabilities will help you solve a security incident if you have something happening that it actually turns out to be related to an unpatched vulnerability. And that's going to be the beauty of using vulnerability
0: response with security incident response together is have those two working together. So there are a lot of integrations then between security incident response and other pieces and parts within ServiceNow, and you're working on third-party integrations. I'm sure there will be more to come on that. So this is just the beginnings for the security application in ServiceNow. I'm sure there will be more new features and new angles in the future. Uh, We will stay tuned for more information about that. Thank you for being here today, Lisa. No problem. And GT. It's good to be here. Appreciate you both being here and sharing your knowledge with us. For more information about the new security incident response application, uh, please check our product documentation, check the knowledge base on high, and also check the ServiceNow community. I think there will be some lively discussions in the community around this new application and the people who are trying it and configuring it to meet their needs. So this has been another episode of ServiceNow Tech Bytes. Thank you for joining us.